0: The rest of you are tired, I guess. You are at the first service. It's it's tough. I get it. You know, uh, we love we love Celebrate Recovery, and hope you enjoyed that video. A lot of great stuff that goes on there. And and uh, we're we're going to start a, a series today that I'm I'm excited about. It's called Love Does, and and the whole purpose of it is that you know when we when we love the Lord and we love people, we love our community. Love isn't passive; it's an action it's not just feelings or emotions or you know we when we hear the word love we think oh we think well that's like butterflies and unicorns and little tingly wingly feelings that's not that's not it that's not it I mean that may be infatuation or, or something else but it's not it's not love love is is an expression it's something that we do it's an action and what I really want to challenge us with over the next couple of weeks is is that I, I don't want us to be passive kinds of people it's so easy to be a bump on a log I mean that is the the simplest most easy thing that we could do is just to sit and to not do anything, but I I believe with all my heart that God, nowhere in Scripture does God say, take the easy path, take the easy road, you know, just just hang back and let life pass you by a little bit. We want to be people of action, and so I'm going to give you some specific challenges over the next couple of weeks and and give you some opportunities to respond as well, and this is what what I know about us right now is that the most valuable thing in our lives is time you know i i would have said a few years ago i mean we've said that before you know all oh, time is and it, and it has but i think even the last two years that has changed more than ever before that time now is our most valuable resource you know, even in our jobs, and for some, yeah, maybe money is a, is a tight or it's a squeeze, but there are, you know, you can't go more than 50 feet without seeing, a, there's, there's job openings everywhere, and they're paying higher salaries than ever before, and all kinds of incentives, and there's been stimulus and different things. So, you know, yes, that money can be tight, but still, I, I'm going to push back and argue that our most valuable resource, the thing that's the most important to us, and the thing that we seem to have precious little of, is time we're working crazy schedules we've got families we've got a lot of things going on life is just spinning faster and faster and 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 we know that that the time that we spend on something it's going to be something that we feel is really important and it's got to be worth it or I'm not going to waste my time on it I don't have very much of it and so I I know that and I respect that that's why we're going to going to push you because if you don't get anything else out of these messages you've got to know that the time that you spend taking some action is going to be worth it it's going to be worth the time we were made to serve the Lord we were formed for that we were formed to serve God and to serve each other and some of you are already doing that and you know the fruit that comes and you know the fulfillment and the sense of purpose that you get from that others of you don't. And you think, yeah, but I, I don't have enough time. You know, if I had a little more time, then maybe I would. And, and you're, you're missing out on one of the greatest blessings in life, is when you do something for the Lord or you do something for someone else, what that does for you. I've taken, I've led groups on uh, short-term mission trips overseas, you know, for the last 15 years or so, and every single time. We come back from one of those. Everybody that goes on the group, they say, man, I thought I was going to help some people in some country. I didn't realize how much it was going to do for me. That, that trip really was more for me. I said, yeah, we know that. That's why we go. And we, we do some good work. But in all these things, God is going to be producing some great stuff in your life when you start taking action by serving him and serving others. And I am convinced, I mean, you're just, you're just not going to, it is not going to get me off this. I believe it with all my heart that the difference between those who succeed and those who don't is who you're with. It's who you're with. You know, I've heard another pastor say, "Show me your friends and I'll show you your future." It's all about who you're with and who is with you. Who's cheering for you? Who is in your corner? At whose corner are you in? Who are you, who are you pouring into? Who are you helping to multiply something in them? And the problem is, and this is what I've found time and again, is the problem for many of us is that we would say, nobody's with me. I don't feel like there's anybody in my corner. I, I've got nobody. I feel alone and I feel isolated. And maybe you've felt that way for a long time and, and maybe you feel bitter about it. And a lot of people say, you know, nobody, nobody wants to be around me. You might be in a room full of people and you feel completely alone. But God's desire for you, His plan, His greatest plan, and His purpose, is that you would never stand alone. That's why He made the church. It's not a building. You know, it's it's not it's not it's it's not an institution. It's a family. It's a group of people with a common purpose that come together under one name and they say, "We are." with each other and he is with us and we are with him and and we're united and that's what he wants for you is that you'd never stand alone God created us and you just got to know this you have been created with this with this strong desire for connection you just, you, you, more than anything else, I need someone to care. I, I need someone to be with me. I need to be with someone else. But this is, this is my thought for the day is that you y- understand that we were created for connection, but we will drift towards isolation. When life is hard and, 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 and we get stressed, or maybe there's a little depression, or, you know, it's, oh, it's a rainy day, I just don't feel like doing anything. What are we going to do? We're going to drift towards television or, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'm going to drift towards you know, surfing the net hours and hours all by myself, and that, and, or you know, maybe it's even just, oh, I'm in a book, and I just kind of lose myself in the moment, and we will drift there, but that's not what we were created for. You were created for connection. If you feel alone and you feel like nobody cares, there's something wrong. Something's gone wrong, and whether it's because you struggle opening up or you just find safety in the isolation, whatever it is, something's not right and you're, you're missing out on the best parts of how God has formed you. And you may be thinking, well, people just don't seem to like me. There's plenty of people out there, there's plenty of people out there who like you. Maybe you just don't want to be liked. Uh, or Maybe you don't want to be known because of some past trauma or, or insecurity or whatever it is, but let's be honest, let's call it what it is. It's that I've got an issue. God made me to function best when I'm in relationship with other people, when I'm in relationship with Him and in relationship with others, but something's, something's gone wrong. Some wire's been crossed along the way and way back at the beginning of, of the book in Genesis chapter two, verse 18, God made everything that exists. He created everything, these wonderful things that we see all around our world and then he looked at Adam standing there all by himself. And it says, God said, it's not good. This is not good for man to be alone. I'll make him a helper and a companion. Somebody's going to be with him. That they can live life together as, as, uh, as, as companions, as friends. We need each other. We're created for connection, but we drift towards isolation. Especially when you're hurt. Uh, most people I know, myself included seem to have a really hard time asking for help (laughs) i don't ask for directions i don't ask for help if i'm trying to carry something heavy in the house nope i will bust my back before i'm going to go knock on the neighbor's door you know it's just i don't know what it is if it's a man thing if it's just a stubborn or you know just bullheaded thing but we just when when times are tough or whatever we just we just tend to shrink back into ourselves I learned, I don't know what it is, you know, about us, but I've even seen this in animals, some to a degree. I was growing up on a farm. You know, we had, we had lots of different animals. And when I would go out to feed, you know, at the end of the day, you'd go out and you'd kind of just doing a rough count. Is everybody here, you know? And every so often, there'd be one missing. And you're like, oh, no, what what's happened? We're, you know, it's, it's, it's eating time. They all know when to come up to the barn. And sure enough, you'd go out trying to find it. And that animal has wandered off by itself and hidden and died. And a lot of times animals will do that. They'll go off by themselves and, and hide and, and die. And, and the thing is, you know, if you think if, if it had showed some signs of being hurt or maybe it was sick, if it would have made a bunch of noise or, or, you know, shown us something was wrong, maybe we could have done something about it. We could have taken it to the vet or we could have, you know, gotten some medicine or whatever. But instead it wandered off by itself so it could quietly die. And you and I will do the same thing. That's the the temptation. If we're not careful, if you feel lonely, let me ask you this question. What what is causing your loneliness? Why do you feel isolated? Why? Why is that? What's holding you back? Let me just encourage you a little bit as we look at Scripture together on this in in Ephesians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul writes this to a group of people that felt very excluded Uh, from from the church and he said listen You're you're no longer wandering exiles You're you're not strangers anymore. He says that this kingdom of faith is now your home country You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here With as much right to the name Christian as anyone God is building a home and is using us all irrespective of how we got here in what he's building He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you. And he's fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone with Christ Jesus as the the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. And we see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God. All of us built into it a temple in which God is quite at home. You're not exiles. You're, You're part of this. If you feel by yourself, man... Why? Why? God has put you where, exactly where he wants you. He's given you, uh, he's surrounded you with other people and, and he himself wants to be in a relationship. You belong. He so said, you're part of this. And, and I, I, in my words, the way I read that scripture is to say, welcome home. Like, you're here. You know, if, if you haven't felt that way before, maybe no one has come right out and said this to you. But you do belong here. You, you're, you're just as much a right to be here as anybody. And we're thrilled that you're here, but I don't care what your life looks like or what your background looks like or what's happened. You, you belong. Welcome home. You've got, a, you've got a family here. And Paul said in that scripture, God's building it. It's not built by people. It's not human hands, but God is the one that's putting it all together. And, and no matter how we got here, what is what's going, how it happened, he's building it. You know, we're all here for different reasons. Some of you were born here in this church. You've been here forever. Some of you just got here a couple of weeks ago, and you're like, I don't know, just stumbled in. Somebody, somebody's here because somebody promised to buy you lunch afterwards. You know, that's, that's whatever it is. We're here for different reasons, and, and, but we can't forget, and God tells us in his word that we're here for a purpose. And the Bible says that he's using you. He's fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. With Jesus as the cornerstone that holds it all together. He's the foundation. And we're all a part. We're created for connection. I'll tell you something. And, uh, and this may just be my, well, it's, I, I don't think it's my, just my opinion. But because I, I, I've seen a lot of research that backs up what I'm about to say. But I, I believe that social media has done more to drive us to isolation than anything else in recent history. Uh, I think TV and video games did the job there for a while, but now social media has taken over as king, and it's messing us up. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to challenge you to delete all your accounts, but it might be something to think about if it's a real issue for you, because we know it. We know. I mean, this is, this is the thing is we, we know it's messing us up, but we do it anyway. It's like that big slab of chocolate cake that you see and you're like, man, that looks really good. I know it's going to cause me problems later. It's going to go right to my thighs, but I'm going to do it anyway because I'm going to treat myself, you know. I know it's no good for me, and it tastes really good in the moment. But it just, it just kind of lingers there, and, 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 you know, it can be great. And it, you know, and that's the thing about it. Is if you're on vacation, you're having this awesome day, you're having this awesome moment, and so you take a picture and you post it. Like, look at my legs on the beach. You know, nobody wants to see my legs on the beach, but you, maybe we want to see yours. I don't know. But you, you know I, or this view or this thing or the, whatever we're doing. I'm on vacation. I'm just, I got my phone up. And I'm taking a picture and you posted. That's fine. But then what do you do? As soon as you've posted it, you check. How, how, many, how many likes I got? Oh, there's another one. Oh, oh, oh so-and-so like. Oh, do, do I have any hearts yet? Anybody giving me a heart? Do I get any loves? And then the rest of us, we get jealous of you because we think, man, I want to be on the beach too, and we're looking at your highlight reel. We're looking at the best moments, and I'm up, up to my neck in work. And I wish that I could be in Gatlinburg too. And so now I'm mad, and I've got a little jealousy going on, or a little little FOMO, you know, a little fear of missing out. Uh, you see pictures from some party that somebody had, this little get-together gathering, and everybody's posting pictures. And your first question in your mind is, well, why wasn't I invited? Why, why didn't anybody say anything to me? And it drives you to isolation. It drives you right back. A recent study, this is crazy, a recent study about Americans and their use of smartphones found this, that despite our attempts to curb our phone use, we're connected to our phones more than ever. Americans now check their phone 96 times a day. That's once every 10 minutes. And if you're in the 18 to 24-year-old category, it's twice that. And the main reason why? This is, this is the so they did this survey. Why do you check your phone? Why, why do you keep doing that? Why do you number one reason? Is because they want to feel connected. Because I need, I need connection. I want to feel like I'm connected to people, but they don't want to talk. I don't want to actually be with people. I just want to feel connected to people. And all that stuff that we're attracted to, it gives us a false sense of connection. Because we got that desire, it's already there. God God put that in us. It's not good for man to be alone. So I've I've got the desire, I've got the want to, but I don't want to take the action. It's it's, It's much easier to just drift towards isolation. I can just scroll through. That's not authentic, it's fake. And the reason you're feeling down and the reason you feel like nobody knows you and that nobody's there for you and that nobody understands you, I'll push on you a little bit. It's because you're not actually taking the steps to be in relationships with people. Likes and loves and shares. It's not relationships. It's just smoke and mirrors. It's the illusion of connection. You've got to be with people. You've got to be with them. That's my, my, now I'm not talking to you guys, okay? I'm talking to those guys. My main fear with online church right now is what you're missing out on. Because the, the, the fear, the, the, the safety thing, it feels like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm at home and I'm, and I'm safe and this is okay. But we'll continue to drift towards isolation. When we continue to drift towards isolation, guess what? It's that much more difficult to connect. So the longer you stay at home, the longer you stay away from the fellowship, the more difficult it's going to be for you to overcome that hurdle. So it may feel easy, but when was doing what's easy the thing that was best, the thing that helped us grow the most? I think a lot of us know that already. We've got to be real. I'm I'm thankful for what we have, but when people are out of town or they're sick, those that we reach for the first time that watch online, I'm grateful for that. But if we ever lose a sense of how important this is, we're in trouble who are you with and who's with you Paul said in verse 22 you're being put together as part of this building the family of God the church because God lives in you by his spirit he said you're being put together as part of his church you're part of this not because you observed something not because you watched something not because you just came and and it's even even those of us that are here You're not being put together just because I sat in a seat and watched. But he says it's it's by being put together, it's connection. It's something more, there's something deeper inside of us. I think we feel that. I just gotta do something. I love challenges. I think a lot of us do. Deep down, we want the opportunity to rise to the occasion. Some of us, we've been burnt by life or maybe we're tired. We feel stressed or overwhelmed. So you think, I just don't need one more challenge. I just, and I was reading this book this week. It's a great book. And uh, it was the same title called Love Does by Bob Goff. And he said, every Thursday, I've made it a practice of my life. I quit something on a Thursday. Every Thursday of my life, I look at something that I don't need to be doing, that I, I need to give up, and I quit something. It may be something small or whatever, but I quit something every Thursday. I thought, man, that's a good idea, because we just keep picking up and picking up and doing and trying, you know, and, and then we get overwhelmed and feel like I can't do the things that I need to do. Well, I, I love challenges, and at my gym, uh, I'm always being pushed to do things that I didn't think I was going to be physically able to do, right? And, uh, and a week and a half ago, We did this uh, rope climb, and so there's this big rope hanging out of the ceiling, and they're like, okay, you're going to climb this, and I'm like, I'm excited, because I I remember like uh, in high school seeing other people do the rope climb, and I never got to do it. Like the day when I was in gym class or whatever, I was sick the day they did it, so I never got to do that, so I'm like, I'm I'm excited. I love climbing trees, and I want to do the rope climb, and so my coach says, all right, Brandon, well, this is your first time, so we'll see if you can do this and we're going to climb it nine times and he's like well you won't you probably won't be able to do all nine but let's just see how many you can do you know you take it easy let's just see how it goes he may as well have dared me to do all nine I mean come on you don't say that to somebody who loves challenges like I'm going to do it 10 times just to show you now but uh, so I get up there and 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 I doggone it I I climbed that rope nine times I mean I was I, I was really excited about it and and couldn't believe I did all that and and here's the thing is When you climb the rope and then you're coming down, you kind of got it wrapped around your leg and it burns the tar out of you. And I was so excited and just hopped up on adrenaline that I'm doing this thing, I didn't realize what was happening. But as soon as I got home, this is what my leg looked like. Now if you think, well that does not look so bad. It's not a wound, it's a burn. It still hurts here's what it looked like a week later <laughs> yeah it's it's nasty you're welcome by the way <laughs> scarred into your retinas I won't pull my I won't pull my pant leg up and show you what it looks like today but you know what here's the thing about that I'd do it again not now cuz am gonna wait for it to heal but I'll do that again now next time I'm gonna put a shin guard on and wear long socks or something but I'll do it again and you know why I would do it again because I love the challenge Just give me something. Let me let me do it. I I know what's happening inside of me. And let me let me challenge you. Let me let me give you a little challenge and then I'll give you some specific stuff. First I want to challenge you. Fight the drift. We're just gonna drift towards isolation. That's where we're gonna go. That's the that's the cruise control. That's the you know, that's default, is we're just gonna go back to sort of shrinking back inside of ourselves. I'm gonna stay at home where it's safe, and I don't have anything that's scary or dangerous or anything else. I can just lose myself in a book or a TV or a social media, and that's it. Fight that. Fight that drift. When you do that, you begin to live the life that God created you to live. The life that he intends for you. Hebrews 2 warns us that this is why we must listen all the more to the truths we've been told. If we don't, we'll drift away from them. We'll slip away. He's saying, pay attention to what God has said. Pay attention to what God says. Let it challenge you and step up. Don't drift. God has set a high bar. Jesus even raised the bar. And he said, this is, the, this is the standard. This is the goal. Be like this. Let's rise to that occasion. Don't drift from it. He says in verse 2, these truths given by the angels proved to be true. People were punished when they did not obey them. And God was so good to make a way for us to be saved from the punishment of sin. And here's the real gut punch. man, you want to get your toes stepped on at church this is the scripture, he says, what makes us think that we will not go to hell if we do not take the way of heaven that he's made for us? What makes us think that, you know, I guess I could just do whatever I want to do and la-di-da and I, I'm, I'm the one that decides what's truth and what's not. I'm the one that decides what's real and what's not. I'm the, it's all up to me and God has said, what, what makes you think that? Who made you God we got to fight the drift. we got to fight the isolation to think that I'm the source of everything. We were made for connection. We are made to work for the Lord, to serve God, and to use our gifts and to work them out. To grow in our faith because maturity matters. Faith matters. Devotion and commitment matter. James 1 says, don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. He says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says, and you don't forget what you've heard, then God will bless you for doing it. There's a, there's a whole lot of life on that side. There's so much more. How can we start doing that? Let me just, let me just push you a little bit more. If it sounds, it's going to sound simple, but very few of us are doing this. Rely on God's people. Rely on God's people. Start there. That's step number one. And there's other steps down the road. But start with that. Figure out who's with me. And who am I with? Who can I count on? Who's counting on me? Who's going to go the extra mile? Who can I rely on? Who would take a bullet right now for me? Figure that out. we got to know who those people are. Who's going to correct me when I need it? Who's going to cheer me on when I'm feeling down? Who's going to pray for me when I'm walking through difficult things in life? You need the right people. You've got to have the right people. Because if you pick the wrong people, you're going to get the wrong results every time. You've got to rely on the right people. Find somebody that loves the Lord and that wants to see His will worked out in your life. And some of you are well, how do I do that? How in the world do I find the right people? i got a couple of really simple ways for you to take action. Here's, here's three. I mean, these are just, just easy. But it just requires action. That's it. Number one, start serving. Start serving the Lord. Find a place to serve. Because when you do that, guess what? You're going to meet people who are walking in the same direction. That's it. It's that, it's that simple. You serve God and you're going to find other people who want to serve God. And sometimes the best way to get through your problems is to help somebody else. To focus on serving others. Number two, and this is easy too, get in a group, you know, get in a Sunday morning group, get in a midweek group, get, find your tribe and consistently meet with them so that you can grow in your faith. You're going to meet people there. And the third thing you can do is just get real with somebody. Just be honest. When somebody asks, how you doing, and life is falling apart, instead of putting on a fake smile and say, oh, it's great, everything's great, oh, it's just awesome, it's so good. Say, hey, you know what, can we talk? Because things aren't going so hot. Would you mind praying for me? Here's, here's, here's what's going on. And just let somebody kind of bear your burden. Sometimes you just need to vent a little bit. And you need somebody so you can trust and just say, let me just tell you, I'm not doing so well right now. And here's why. We all need somebody to lean on a little bit. And you get, you've you got the right person that loves God and loves you. You can lean on them. And they're going to be able to bear those burdens with you and know how to, to pray and and, and, and some of you, I can tell you right now where you can find all three of those in one place. You say, oh, I want to I serve, I want to get in the group, I want to get real with somebody. You can find that in Celebrate Recovery right now. All three of them in one place. And it's not just for people whose lives seem to have blown up. And some people think, well, Celebrate Recovery isn't that for like if you're addicted to drugs? That's not me. It's not. That's not it. We've got people that come because they're having marriage problems, or they're dealing with depression, or they have a problem with overeating, overindulgence, all kinds of different things. You know, for some of us, it might look like we've got it all together, but there's some unseen pain there. There's some beneath-the-skin problems, and we need somebody to be with us. That's for people who say, I've got a problem with anxiety, or I've got a problem with, with, um, with my own self-worth. That's the purpose. The purpose of that ministry is to help you grow in your relationship with God and in relationship with others so that you can recover and then celebrate it. If you're looking for a place to heal, we'd love for you to check that out. If you're looking for a place to serve, we'd love for you to to consider that. We're going to have some volunteers out in the lobby as soon as we let out of this service in just a, a minute or two. And they've got a table. You see the banners that say, I'm in. And they'd love it if you've got questions. So I, just, I, I got one or two questions I'd like to ask that's why they're there or if you say man I, I really like to step up and serve I, I like to cook I wouldn't mind cooking once a month for a few months they'd love to, to have you involved with that just uh, go out there ask questions and, and find a place there but the main thing is this we've got to fight the drift remember that you were created for connection and a great place to start finding that connection is to rely on God's people. We gotta lean on each other. I'm gonna invite John to come up uh, as we're closing up today and getting ready to leave. John's gonna close us in prayer. And I asked him, I said, you know, when I think about this concept of relying on each other and needing each other and leaning on each other, there's really only one song, right John? There's only one song that comes to mind and you all probably know it, so he's gonna pray And then you're going to be dismissed. But as you're leaving, or if you just want to hang out and hear it, you can hang out and hear this fun song. Close this, John. Let's bow our heads together. Lord, lead us away from our devices, from our screens that are just no substitute for being with you and with your people. Lord, help us plug in, find our place to serve, find our group. Lord, it is so good to be here with your people today and help us to lean on each other praise you and we bless your name. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you next week. Uh, If you want to stick around, we're going to sing a song.